What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Florida State League Radio Network. We are happy to have you guys back on the podcast again for another interview. And we are here with a former major leaguer. He played with the Tampa Bay Rays in 2015 and the 2016 season. We are here with former Charlotte Stone Crab as well, Richie Schaefer. Richie, welcome to the podcast and welcome to the show. Thanks. What's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. I'm happy to have you on and, uh, Thank you for jumping on today and your busy schedule as well. Thank you for so much for being on today. Um, let's get right into it, man. My first question is, describe your time with the Stone Crabs. Yeah, it was great. Um, obviously, one of the cool cool parts about playing the Florida State League is uh, getting to use the Major League Spring Training Facility and everything right there. So um, that's probably one of the coolest parts about it is that you get access to those facilities that you, you know, don't ever get a chance to use and um, gives you kind of a little bit of a taste of kind of what that's like. Um, and that was my first full season that I had played, so I kind of didn't know what to expect going into it. I played short season uh, the year prior when I got drafted, so I, I kind of got thrown right into the fire and, uh, um, you know, kind of had to hit the ground running. So uh, it, was, it was a good time, though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and especially with the talent level too, it the the talent level definitely is a a big step up compared to you know a, I mean obviously they're you know they're all good players and stuff even in short season a ball but it you know in the Florida State League it feels like the talent is always a, a big step up was that the case in your part when you were playing in the Florida State League? Um yeah, I mean it definitely was a you know a pretty decent jump um, and a big transition just from going from college baseball and in short season to a full slate of minor league games. Um, you know, especially the poor state league is a really tough challenge for a lot of guys. I mean, it's obviously really, really hot <laughs> in the middle of the yep. Florida summer there. Um, and, you know, notorious, the hitter, it's notoriously a pitcher's league, uh, big parks and the ball didn't go all that, all that far went in the middle of summer and stuff. So it was, a, it was definitely a difficult transition, but it was good. You know, I mean, it was definitely one of the first times I kind of faced a little adversity, adversity kind of in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good because I think they kind of helped prepare me for, uh, you know, the seasons down the road. Yeah. And at least to travel and also travel too, as well, that, that definitely is a big thing. You know, don't have to travel as much. You kind of get to relax a bit more in the Florida state league with the travel and, and, and the facilities again, as you said, are very nice, especially that, um, where the Charlotte stone crabs play. It's, it's kind of it, it for the listeners out there. It's kind of in like this it's not really in the middle of anything. It's just kind of in the middle of nowhere in a sense, but it, it's, it's kind of nice because you're kind of, it's a nice atmosphere. It's, it's a very nice area that, that they put it in. So um, let's get into my next question. Uh, obviously you played in a very historic major league baseball game. You played against team Cuba in Cuba during the 2016 spring training season you know, describe how that was like playing in that game and what was the atmosphere like compared to being in a major league stadium? What was the atmosphere like? How was the crowd? And what was the play like for that Team Cuba team? What was they, What were they like compared to you guys? Yeah, that was awesome. That was such a cool experience. Um, getting to do that was obviously such an honor. Um, you know, I remember, I just remember taking batting practice and there was, you know, 15, 20,000 people in the stands just for batting practice. They were so excited to be there. Um, all the Cubans were, were, were great. Those guys were, you know, really friendly and, and nice. And, you know, we got to be there a couple of days early, um, 
and just sort of explore the town and, and everyone treated us, you know, so well. It was a really cool experience. Um, and those guys could play. They're a really talented, talented group. So it was a, it was a really cool, really cool experience. And man, it was like one of the loudest, uh, one of the loudest games I've ever played in. I mean, they, they absolutely packed it out there. Yeah, and, and Cuba is such a great baseball town, too. There's been amazing players that have came out of that country. I mean, it, I mean the list goes on and on if you start naming Cuban players that have came to the MLB and became superstars. I mean, it's incredible. And, yeah, they, they really take their baseball seriously. It, it's insane in Cuba how seriously. And, and really in any of those type of countries, in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, like I know this year the Tigers and the um, – Minnesota Twins will be playing a game in, in Dominican Republic for the first time in like a few years, and and they take their baseball so seriously down there, and especially with again as I said, Cuba and Puerto Rico, they just take it so much seriously. Or they, it's so different compared to what it is like in other countries and stuff. They they take it for real, and it that's their sport. That really is. So yeah, there's almost a level of uh, passion that you know you see some for like football games and stuff here. It's, uh, you know, they, they really get into it and they get, you know, horns and bells and all kind of like noisemakers and all kind of stuff in there. Yeah. It's a rowdy time, but it's a lot of fun. It's an electric atmosphere all the time. They're so passionate about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, there's plenty of that in, in America with, with um, um, fan bases for sure. But there is yeah. definitely just a different, uh, just one little gear up um, in Cuba there where they were just, I mean, they were going absolutely wild. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I would have loved to have been there. I remember watching it on ESPN, and I was like, man, these guys are insane. These guys are a rowdy bunch. But it must have been a great time, too. And also you got to meet the president and stuff while you were there for the United States. Barack Obama at the time was the president. You guys got to meet him and such. So it was just a very historic moment for all of you guys, honestly. So that must have been an awesome time. Yeah, it was great. All right, let's get into my next question. You know, obviously, you were an outfielder with the Tampa Bay Rays. You played left field, right field. Um, is it difficult as a fielder to play balls at the trop due to the color of the dome and the catwalks? Is that a difficult thing for you as a player, you know, to play with the, the, the dome and being about the same color as the baseballs and even with the catwalks, too, trying to play and figure out if the ball's going to get the catwalk, if it's going to be a double, a home run? Is that a difficult thing for you even as an outfielder? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was something you had to get used to immediately. I mean, one of the first things you had to do was um, get up there and take a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of reps and batting practice and try to see balls live off the bat and try to just start judging, you know, how it looked. And honestly, one of the more difficult parts wasn't even straight up, you know, what getting lost in the, the catwalk. The issue was that the, the ceiling was so low that the lights were really low. So a lot of times the lights would be directly like eye level with a lot of line drives. Whereas most stadiums, the lights would be like considerably higher, so it wasn't as much of an issue. Every once in a while, you get a ball in the lights, but it was a pretty consistent thing with a lot of the guys in the outfield trying to battle um, where to kind of position yourself so that you wouldn't get a lot of the more routine line drives, like sort of lost in the in the lights, yeah. like lower level or rate lights around the thing. So, um, but I think once you kind of get the hang of it and you start to be able to like track the ball through all the rafters and the clutter and all that kind of stuff, it gets. Um, it's okay, but yeah, let's think. Bouncing around in pinball, and that's a whole different story. Yeah, sure. yeah, I, I, um, I can imagine that must be a, a difficult situation. You're like, is this a fair ball, foul ball, home run, <laughs> double? It, it and even as exactly. a fan, and even as a fan, it does get confusing too. I know, like I've been to games before, and 
and I'm like, is that a fair ball home run? I don't, I, it, it does get confusing a little bit, but I mean, you know, I, I can understand where you're coming from, though, you know, kind of getting used to playing there. And obviously you played for a, a good period of time. You played about 60 games, I think, in your first season. So, I mean, you kind of were able to get used to I mean, obviously you have road games and such as well, but, you know, you kind of get used to the ballpark and the way it feels and everything as well. So that probably definitely does help. You kind of get some – once you start getting used to it, you probably are definitely accommodated to the stadium and everything. Yeah, it just takes it just takes a little bit of time. And once you get the hang of it, then uh, that's not much of an issue. Then it kind of becomes like a home field advantage a little bit. Yeah, for sure. and it must be a lot better than it, than for if you're a road team coming in and and you have to play because if you're only playing there maybe two times a season, that must be pretty rough trying to figure it out. Especially if you're a new guy just getting brought up into the, uh, you know, getting brought up into the majors. That must be a pretty pretty tough place to start out your career for. Yeah for your uh, season, you know, trying to catch baseballs there and such. But let's get in my fourth question. What did you like more about Major League Baseball spring training? Did you prefer the practices more, or did you prefer being in the game situations? Well, for you, what was your preference? Did you like practicing with the team, being out at the practice fields and such, or did you enjoy being in the game, getting real live, live reps against other teams? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely the game situations for sure. Um, the uh, you know the practice scenarios you go through. I mean, a lot, you you do it because that is how you prepare, right? I mean, but at the end of the day, you do all of that to prepare for the games. So, um, especially when especially when I was at Tampa, uh, major league spring training was you know I was actually never like uh, I was only in spring for major league spring training with Tampa for one year in 2016. The previous year I was in my league camp and I would come over and stuff every once in a while. So those are always like big treats for me to like get an opportunity to come over and participate in the games mm-hmm. um, over there. Even the, the year that I debuted in 2015, I didn't even, I wasn't in major league spring training that year. I, I was in my league spring training and started my in double A and like really kind of worked my way all the way up. Um, so I, uh, I always cherish like, and, and really, appreciated the opportunities I got to like play in those major league spring training games. Those were always really fun. Um, and, and no matter what, you always like would prefer to play than, than practice. You know what I mean? We yeah. spend, uh, you know, all the way from October, all the way to February in the off season training every day, uh, you know, practicing. And, and by the time the spring training rolls around, you're just itching to, you know, start playing against people. Yeah. And, and actually they kind of think, just saying that kind of gives me a question. Are you guys able to actually practice like over the off season? Are you guys able to practice at their facilities even during like from October to February or is that kind of all closed off at the time? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you decide to live down there, um, they, most of the teams keep that available to you, right? Like there's not really many people who would live in Port Charlotte for the off season to do that unless you're coming off like a major rehab issue or something like that. There's some guys that may live in Tampa or St. Pete and like would commute down there, you know, a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, But for teams that like are stationed out in Arizona um, and the the clubs are all like kind of stationed nearby, there's I know plenty of guys who just decide to move out to Scottsdale or Phoenix and just spend the whole off season working out at the, at the facility. The yeah. Florida teams, they're a little more spread out. Um, like the Florida, like spring training leagues, uh, they're a little more spread out. So, you know, there's not, you know, a ton of people that are going to want to, um, you know, uproot and go stay and live in, um, you know, like a, a, 
a city that's sort of like off the beaten path a little bit to, to work out a facility when, you know, they got decent setup at home. So um, it just depends on the, on the situation and the team involved. But yeah, you, if you want to, you absolutely can. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That definitely probably neat for you guys. Even, you know, even say if even for probably the minor leaguers who, you know, say if they don't have a great setup at home and stuff and they want to get good reps and a nice facility, that's probably good for a lot of the minor league guys at the time as well. Um, my next, Absolutely. my next question is: Describe the day you were promoted to the big leagues, and what was it like to hit your first home run and your first major league hit? Well, just describe that in all in general, and what was it like being draft uh, called up? Who actually was the person that called you up? Who was the person that like said you're getting brought up to the majors? And what was it like being able to get your first major league hit and then getting your first major league home run? Describe that experience as well. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Uh, it was great. Yeah, I got called up. It was the middle of a game. We're playing uh, Gwinnett, Gwinnett Braves. And it was like the fifth or sixth inning, maybe. And we were on offense. And then we got the third out. We're about to head out to defense. And my manager, Jared Sandberg, um, he stops me. And he's like, hey, Rich, you're out of the game. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I thought maybe like I did something wrong. I thought I was like, getting benched or something. And then I thought for a second I like got traded. And then he's like, comes up to me, shakes my hand, he's like, hey, congratulations, you're going to the big leagues. I'm like, let's go. My teammates give me big hugs and everything, so it was awesome. Then I came into the dugout and called my parents and my wife and, uh, you know, told them and then literally packed up all my stuff and got on a plane, you know, in like four hours and flew to Chicago. Uh, I met the team to play the White Sox the next day. And then, yeah, my first hit, I mean, it was, you know, an incredible experience. It was, um, yeah. I don't know how to, I mean, it's one of those moments that, you know, you can kind of picture clear as day, but mm-hmm. you don't know how to really describe it. It's one of those moments that are just, you know, you've been training for and, and dreaming of that moment yep. for your whole life. And then, you know, it comes and you're like, it's just, and for it to be such a cool moment like that with a home run and the whole dugout, you know, silent treatment and all that stuff. And <laughs> a little meme went viral and all that stuff. So it was a really, really incredible experience. And obviously something I'll never, um, you'll never forget yeah that's definitely cool i've actually um it kind of reminds me it's an interesting thing how you know because i had a a few maybe a few weeks ago i had a former uh, major league pitcher on virgil vasquez who um, currently is the coach with the uh, fort myers mighty muscles who are in the florida state league Um, and the interesting thing is is when he got brought up um he actually wasn't allowed to tell anybody yet. Um, he had to wait a few days to actually tell somebody. So I think that's interesting kind of the way, you know, for you, you're able to kind of tell all your family and stuff right away. But for him, he wasn't able to I, just kind of, for me, for, for the podcast sake, it was just kind of interesting to hear the, how, you know, you're able to, and it probably depends on the uh, organization and such as well, probably and the way they handle those types of things. Right, right. For sure. So, but yeah, I, I gotta admit that that probably would have been really cool. You know, that probably is really cool being able to get your first base hit and something that you always dreamed about and stuff and it being a home run, the silent treatment and stuff that must've been a, yeah, definitely a really cool experience, especially with guys like Evan Longoria and, and just really good players that, that the race teams have, have had the last few years, you know, you'd be able to get to do it with them. That must've been an awesome experience to be a part of. So, and, and this kind of goes in with the mate, the, the players and such. 
which players did you learn a lot from during your career when you were in the majors? Was there anybody that was really helpful to you that really gave you a lot of good advice to kind of help you and grow your game as a ball player? Or, and and who was those? Who were those people? It could be one person or it can be multiple people if you had multiple. I mean, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Longoria is a guy that obviously, you know, was huge impact for me. You know, just come being a third baseman coming up, the minor leagues and everything. Um, obviously, when I got to Tampa, I wasn't going to play third base because, you know, they have Longo. But yeah. I still got the chance to take ground balls with him consistently and just kind of watch and learn and do everything from I mean, he's one of those guys where he's, you know, he's all about his business and, and you know, he's a great guy. And he, it was one of those things where I just learned so much just from watching him go about his business every day. Um, and, and he's someone that, you know, treated me so great that I, you know, I appreciate it to this day so much. And then another guy who, very similar style where, you know, just a veteran guy who I just learned a ton from just watching him go about his business was Grady Sizemore. Um, you know, Grady was at the very end of his career there uh, in Tampa and, you know, just watching, you know, a guy who had literally almost experienced everything in this game, you know, from, you know, peak stardom to battling injuries to figuring out like his place in the game and everything, just watching him, handle his business professionally every day just taught me so much about, you know, how to handle my business. So uh, I'd be, I'd actually be surprised if he, you know, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I can't remember him for sure, I guess. I don't really know. You know but <laughs> he, he definitely yeah. had a big impact on me uh, just getting a chance to watch him, yeah. Yeah, and Grady Sizemore, man, he, what a player he was too, especially when he was with Cleveland. He was one of the best outfielders I remember. I remember watching him on TV, and he was incredible. But, yeah, I, obviously Longoria – I feel like, you know, Longoria is always a good choice and stuff. And, you no, know, seriously, Longoria is a great guy. I've heard a lot of good things from uh, players and coaches and stuff that he's always been really supportive. And, and he does so much for the, the Tampa community. Obviously, he still owns a restaurant, Duckies, down in, in Tampa. He, he's very, very still embraced in the Tampa community and, and, and such. And, yeah, he's definitely a, a class act indeed. So, um, and and also Grady Sizemore as well. Grady Sizemore again, a great player. He's as he said, he's done everything. He's been up and down and everywhere around. So, but um, yeah, he, those two guys definitely I, I I are really good players. And my last question is, uh, obviously you're not with a team right now, but is there a chance? you could be back on a major league team. Is there a possibility that we could see Richie Schaefer back on a major league baseball field? Um, I mean, I would say probably not. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm retired at Reza right now. I mean, that's, it's easy to say now. I mean, spring training's kind of sparked up and I'm already being like, oh, I already miss it. You know? so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm at, I'm at Clemson right now, finishing my degree, and I graduate in May. Congratulations. Um, so I'm, I'm taking classes right now, going back and finishing that. So I don't know. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say, like, yeah, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But, you know, there's obviously this little, you know, part of my brain that, like, doesn't yeah. ever want me to stop playing. But, you know, I, I, I would say that there's, it's a pretty slim possibility, but I guess you never know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, and I, and, I think, and I think even when you retire, obviously you're going to miss the game. I mean, I had, who is it, Johnny Gomes, who obviously played with the Rays as well. Um, and he even said that too. He said he still misses game. He actually coaches for the Diamondbacks now, um, which I, not not a lot of. I actually told a few people about it, and they're like, "I didn't know they coached for the Diamondbacks." I'm like, "Yeah, he coached for the Diamondbacks." So, 
but yeah, it, it's something where, you know, and, and honestly for you, even being a retired ball player, you can kind of give back now to like the younger, you know, the, the younger kids and such and teach them and get, you know, there's a lot, I know a lot of guys who, you know, do that type of stuff as well. So even if that's something you w- would be doing, you know, you can always give back and stuff to the, the baseball community, I guess you would say. Yeah, for sure. So Richie, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It was a real pleasure. Um, Good luck in your getting your degree finished. I hope you do very well. I will be uh, – hopefully you get your degree finished very soon and you'll be able to graduate from Clemson and um, giving you good luck for all of that. And I'll, I'll be praying for you. Hopefully you do well in that. And thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Of course. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. And you're welcome back on any time if you would love to be on. So. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. All right, thank you so much, Richie, again, for joining me. Uh, good luck uh, to get his rest of his g- degree finished. Hopefully he does um, get it finished very, very soon. But uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Again, thank you, Richie, so much uh, for coming on the podcast today. Uh, we would like to thank our sponsors for this episode, Pick Drafts DFS. You could save 25% off on all their contests. They do basketball, football, and baseball all season long until obviously the end of the season and they you could save 25% off by using discount code FSLBB19 to save 25% off on all their contests. Also go check out officialsdepot.com, the official referee and sports umpiring gear of the Florida State League radio network. Use discount code FSL network. Those are both in caps by the way for those discount codes and you could save 15% off at checkout as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Sam Tenez and Grayson Rogers for letting us use their intro music. Not much going on. We got Alberto Torado coming on. Tim Reams, a bullpen catcher for the Tigers currently. We're going to get him on. We're actually going to meet him at spring training. Ozzie Timmons, the man, the push-up general, I call him. I'm just kidding. I don't really know how, really don't have a nickname, but Ozzie's Jim, we'll call it. There you go. I like the Ozzie Jim. Um, we're going to get him on as well over the spring. It's funny, hysterically, um, I went to Ray's Fan Fest this year, and I found a pair of his game pants in the big $5 pants pile. I'm like, I have to buy these. These are hilarious, and he will get a kick out of them. I know it. So I'm going to have him autograph them when I go to spring training. I don't know if I should have him autograph them in blue or black. I'm going to do it probably in black most likely anyways that is it for this episode thank you guys for always listening thank you guys for always supporting peace out see you guys in our